Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. We're live, but I don't see myself being live. Hold on. Where am I? There I Okay. <laughs> there I <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. I was so weird. It did pop up. So we are live. We are live streaming now. We are, we are there with the, the famous Sweta Regmi. It's great to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Jack. you did that. You did that. Like I just, oh my god, you did that on purpose. I don't think I'm famous at all, but you know what? I'll take that as a compliment. I still, I still, I see you all over the place. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. So you know what? Hey, do you want to tell everybody who you are, what you're about, what you do, and then we can kind of go into helping folks. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. This is Sweta Ragni, career consultant, joining live from Canada, and I teach do's and don'ts to job seekers, especially to newcomers coming to Canada and the laid-off folks. I do have certain clients in uh, U.S. as well, um, well, states and Canada. It's you know we love them, right? We have that relationship together. So yeah. Hey, why would they go to Canada instead of the U.S.? I don't understand that. Listen, we have a free healthcare. You guys don't have it. Yeah, our healthcare is really bad. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. It really is. It's so awful. So, uh, so that's just weird. Just not to jump ahead, but just out of curiosity. So, like, where are people coming from? Like, what countries are they coming into Canada? Everywhere. Everybody loves Canada. Everybody wants to come to Canada. <laughs> so, you know, you name it. And I think there's so many immigration pilots happening right now for internationally trained people for like, you know, trade skills and whatnot. And we do have a uh, short is on like certain labor force as well. So absolutely people are being recruited. Um, plus um, it's, it's uh, why not Canada? You know, that's beautiful. I've lived in us, you know, I've lived in us and I loved us as well. No hate there. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing, but Canada is my home now. Canada's cold. It's I mean, I mean, I lived in Minneapolis for a while. And That's cold. cold. That's cold. Exactly the same. Nothing changed for me. Yeah. It's so cold. So, so, but let's go. How about this? Can we jump into something that I know is very important to you? You know, yeah. from uh, from what I understand, in the past, like other people, like a lot of other people, you've been in between roles, and it's always really tough when you lose your job. And from what I understand, you're really passionate about trying to help people who are laid off, who lost their jobs and trying to find a new job. So maybe you could talk about your own, if you're comfortable with it, you know, with your own personal journey and how that brought you to do what you're doing now. Absolutely. Thanks for asking that. And I, I always try to like, you know, um, try to share my stories. And for those people who are watching us, I don't know how many people are watching us. Maybe you've heard this. Uh, more than one time, but I used to be in a corporate world um, in a leadership role for more than 12 years and I got laid off. And then, you know, so what, what happens when you go through the layoff? It's kind of like you feel that you would be able to bounce back quite quickly. And I think that's where I was wrong. And I, I struggled a bit. Um, then I traveled and I volunteered and I was, it, it was not me now anymore. Like, you know, I, I've, I've changed the perspective around like, you know, where I want to work. Right. So, and I started helping people, newcomers and the other job seekers as well. You know, we're all uh, doing this together. 
And then my framework started working. And then I bounced back quite like, you know, a couple of months later to the corporate world again, Fortune 500 in a leadership role. And I think something happened during the late, like, you know, during that particular time when I was self-doubting myself, my self-esteem was really, really low. Um, and I did not want to be part of corporate world anymore, um, you know, and then I hated my job and I was like, you know what, why am I being miserable here? This job could be someone else's dream. Before, like, they fired me, I want to fire myself, so I literally quit. Yeah. And then I started teaching do, and I've never looked back, yeah. That's why I give you credit, because it really is, it's so hard to leave the corporate world, and especially if you're downside and you're feeling, you know, not great about yourself, and then have the confidence to start up a company, that's amazing. That's okay. amazing. Yeah, I, I, you know what, like, I tested the water for yeah. a bit, like, you know, I tried, I did yeah. the free stuff, and I started building my brand on LinkedIn, um, I literally was active on LinkedIn just last two years, from last two years, although I was a lurker, right, in yeah. LinkedIn, uh, but then, like, you know, I tested the water, there are a lot of coaches out there that, um, you know, I was inspired by, and I was like, this is a thing, I really want to go out and do something that's really meaningful and give it back to the community, and you know what, it's, it's, it's been amazing, I've never regretted leaving that corporate roles at all, yeah. Did you, did you always harbor kind of thoughts about maybe being in business for yourself or, or did it happen because of being downsized? Uh, thank you for asking that. You know, I've never, ever thought that I would be yeah. a someday. Everyone pretty much told me, like, I think you should have your own business. But I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I was so happy with whatever, whatever I was doing. I loved my job. Um, I was traveling, you know. Um, I never thought that I could be, A, is, right. could be one of the entrepreneurs. I could own my business. And second is, I did not know what I wanted to do. And I never thought that I would be here today at all. It just happened that I was like, screw it. I just want to yeah. do something meaningful. And I took a risk. I did have a job. Like, I just quit. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go through it and take a risk and go. And that happened right after that pandemic happened too. Now I give you credit. Cause like um, I did something similar, you know, I don't know. I've always had a feeling, I always felt I wanted to have my own business. I'm not sure why or where that came from. And uh, fast forward, I was a partner at a search firm. And then, you know, you have different levels of partners and you can be a partner, really not have a voice. And I decided, you know what? I, I want to run my own thing. And right about 9-11, so it was really a you know, tough time, I launched you know, my executive search firm. So now we've been doing it for 20 years. And really, probably one of the worst times in American history, one of the worst times in New York started. because And I figured, hey, you know what? It's so terrible. It can't get much worse. So if I start now, the odds are there's only upside. But... For those who haven't made that pivot, it's so right, it's so much work, right? It's so much stress, it's so much, you know, agita, so much worry, so much anxiety, so much like just working around the clock to do it. But it's a lot of rewards. I mean, for people who are laid off, would you, knowing now that you made that move, would you recommend people doing it themselves? Like saying, hey, you know what? Heck with corporate America, corporate, you know, Canada, just do your own thing. Absolutely. And yeah. you know what? Everyone's different. And yeah. just, you know, when people told me before, why don't you start your own business, right? Um, I honestly did not know that. I think the whole point was, how do you start? What do you do? 
right? Yeah. And I think that was a challenging part for me. And then I realized that I've been helping. I mean, like I was a hiring manager. I knew how the interview works. I've scanned thousands of resumes. I've hired people yeah. and I've coached newcomers for free for years. They got the referral. They got hired. And then I had to really step back and think, okay, if I want, I always had that thing. If I want to start my business, um, where do I want to go? Do I want to go and take a huge risk of not knowing anything and depending on the other? I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to do something which I already know 80% of the skills uh, that I already knew. And then 20% would be like, you know, um, just owning the business, building the website and everything. So I had to literally like, you know, start from scratch. I was okay. But 20% was from scratch. 80% was all built based on my past experience and working with the people and side hustles and everything. So I highly recommend people to actually, you know, start revisiting what can they offer if you wanted to start like, you know, side hustle, probably just to test it out depending on your situations and then go about seeing it you know, if you want to do it, right? It's not for everybody, but you got to commit to it. I work more hours than I used to work, but I love it. I don't hate it. That's good. And Part of the things that you do, I notice, is kind of the do's and don'ts. If you know, in terms of job search, in terms of getting laid off. So, I guess that could be one of the do's. But maybe you could kind of elaborate. You know, all right, I lost my. Let's say I just lost my job. My head is spinning. You know, I would say I'm going home from work, but now everybody is working from home, so it's different. So you're at home. Like, what do you like? What's the start? Like, what's the do's? How do you dig yourself out? How do you make sure you just your ego isn't crushed, or if it is, how you can get back to where you were, how you can grow your, you know, get another job, how to maybe go into the gig economy. What, what would you suggest? For those people, I can speak from experience. Um, I think you're so right, Jack, when it comes to ego. Oh my God, oh my God. Because for those tenure folks, and um, I wanted to tell you something. A lot of people, like when they get laid off, it's normally based on like tenure, seniority, and majority of the company. And obviously there's a cost cutting and you're the first one to be like, you know, let go, right? So I think we almost have that ego of not being self-aware. Like we feel like, you know what? I can do any job. They need me more than I need them kind of thing. So that actually happened to me as well. So you're not like, you know, you're not thinking you need the upgrade. You're like, I know it all. Like, what are these rookies know it, right? I honestly had that as well for a couple of weeks. And when things are not, I was rejected left and right and things were not happening. I was like, there is something wrong. There's something wrong, right? So I started taking classes. I started looking out and like, you know, started networking and everything. So as soon as I put my ego down, everything became crystal clear to me. Where was I lacking? I think the first step was marketing plan, not knowing what I wanted. I, I came from a banking world and I keep on saying like, you know, when people say that I want to go in bank, bank what? You have to niche it down, right? And I was one of that person. Like I dealt with mortgages. I, I handle mortgages. I handle deposit staff. I handle quality and coaching. Some part was compliance, some part were AML. You know, there were so many things. I knew it all. Right. And I was targeting like, you know, pretty much the job that I thought that I could do it. But employers were looking at someone who was very specialized in a particular niche market. And that's why I had to narrow it down. And that's a lot of problem with the folks like me uh, who's done it all. Right. And then who's been uh, promoted internally and they don't know what's out there. And it's very hard. So uh, I think the ego, actually, you got to just, you know, dump it and then move forward, be humble about it. And a lot of things have changed, get to know people and your future boss could be, you know, 
10 years or like mm-hmm. younger than you that's what happened to me you gotta make sure that you know you're okay to be coached by 10 years younger guy <laughs> that was like what just happened you know so I think Wait, that, so that happened to you so like you had like this yeah young pipsqueak who's telling you what to do kind of thing <laughs> like what yeah you know, it happens and there's nothing wrong with it right and some companies like I've worked with the fortune 500 companies uh you know and uh, the program that um we were all given as leadership was like you know you were put through the training during the onboarding whenever someone was promoted you had to go through certain trainings and everything I came from that world but then when I moved to the new city, the smaller city, the program, like, you know, people are promoted in-house. Like if there were top sellers, they're like, you know, treated as, okay, the person who's ready to be a leader. How do you work with those people who've never coached before? Now they are trying, they're colleagues and they're trying to coach you. And how do you diplomatically not destroy the relationship, right? I learned a lot by actually, you know, walking out of that workforce of like an ingrown house to the new workforce and new people. Um, and honestly, I think that's where... Um, are you variable employable, right? Right? Like it's your attitude that's that that's what happens at the end of the day. It's not about experience, what you bring in resume. It's how do you get along with the people? How do you get coached? Are you coachable? And I think I felt that as well um, as a leader, experienced leader, being coached and being trained by like a new leadership team. So that's a, you, you you know give a lot of great information. So it sounds like a couple of things to unpack. One is that you have to maybe put aside your ego temporarily and that you may have a ton of experience, but for some companies it might be not as valuable as others. So you have to kind of go through this a little bit humble saying, all right, Hey, I can't just kind of barge in there, particularly during a pandemic when things are tough. And I imagine up in Canada, just same thing here in the U S where there are jobs, but it's not easy. It's harder. It takes longer. So that it sounds like you really have to say, okay, I have to be, as you said, coachable so that you can go into the interview and not be like, hey, I've done this for 30 years. I could come here and do it. And they're going to be like, no, Jack, we need you to do some other things. And that's it. But then also, like with the ego, like just how do you how do you help people getting because here's what I find out, like both from recruiting and over the pandemic, I started Recruiter, which is kind of a, a platform to help people find jobs. And the biggest challenge I see with these people, Sweta, is they don't, they just feel so down on themselves. They're just so down on themselves so that what happens when they actually start going out and interviewing, they don't do well because they feel negative. They feel bad about themselves, maybe a little bitter. And then when they, let's say that I'm interviewing you and I come across that way, you're going to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Let me move on. Like, do, do you help people that, like how to overcome that? Yeah, it's, you know, there's a thin line between, you know, being a counselor and coach. So when I'm literally like, you know, doing the discovery call, I kind of get the sense of it, if people have healed or not. So, and that's a great point you bring in. And I think healing process is completely something that it's totally depend on you, your personal situations. Some people I've seen, some people have not healed for months or years, you know, and that comes out later on. And I think it took me a while to heal. It was not a shocking layoff for me, although like, you know, I I was kind of like thinking of exiting myself out from there. I was bored already, right? But it still took me time to heal. And that why me keeps on coming back. And as soon as you're ready to actually close that chapter, 
it's not personal. It was business, you know, that's fine. And maybe perhaps it was a blessing in disguise. For me, it was. Back probably a couple of years ago, I would not have thought about, okay, well, you know what? It's probably going to be blessing in disguise. But when I look back, I'm like, thank God I was laid off. I learned so much because I worked with the company for more than like 15 years. I did not know outside world at all, right? And I started to know, right? So the healing process is something that people really have to think it through. As soon as um, you try to like control that emotions, it is going to come out. And I've had people crying on the phone, um, you know, crying on the phone. Like we are talking about executive, we're talking about senior uh, leadership team. Like, you know, they are laid off and they're bitter and they're like, oh, BS. Like, you know, you, you can literally hear them like and they're so bitter, right? Yeah. It's okay to be bitter. But like at one point, you got to close that chapter on, move on. It's going to come out. And I think I literally asked them, I said, are you healed? Uh, you know, are you healed? Are you ready to take on this investment? Are we ready to move on forward now, right? And that's when self-doubt and self-esteem, um, everything gets, um, you know, okay, let's take a look at it. Let's do the SWOT analysis on you and see, right? And stuff like that, right? Um, my situation was the same way too. <laughs> Healing is the most important thing if you want to you can go get the counselor who can help you with the mental health a lot of people go on depression i have client uh when they're doing the job search laid off client they go on to the depression they're on a med yeah. now right but you gotta go get help that's the whole thing yeah yeah i really one of the things i love what you just said is that sometimes you look back and then you say that was the best thing that happened to me you know while you're in the middle of this happening and you lose your job, your identity is so wrapped up with your job. But then maybe a year, two years, five years go by and you look back and say, you know what? It was the best thing that happened because like in your case, all right, you're doing something for 15 years. You may spend another 15 years and then you would regret like, why didn't I take a chance to do something else? So it kind of pushes you out the door to do it. Absolutely. So, right? It's like a weird thing that you would think, that it's, it's like how you view it. You could view it like, you know what, I need, because I've heard this from candidates too, from job seekers, you know, where they were angry at first, but then they're like, hey, Jack, this was the best thing to happen because if I didn't lose my job, if I didn't get pushed out, if I didn't get downsized, I would have stayed there and nothing would have changed. Now I'm forced to really move forward with my life and my career. Absolutely. You're so yeah. right. And I think I was on that level as well, too comfortable yeah. because you have the whole vacation package, you have a perk and you don't want to lose that because now yeah. you have to restart everything. You're kind of like, you know, thinking, you know what, um, I'm comfortable in this role. I can get away with probably like, you know, get away with so many things on this show versus like when you go on to the different role, then you literally have to bring your brand together. People don't know you. It would take you 10 years to build your brand again. Right. So um, I think, and you're right. I could have done it better. They could have kicked me out before. <laughs> they could have eliminated my role before. Like I would, you know, maybe. Um, it's, you know, everything happens for a reason, honestly. That's what I believe in. See, that's a good, you know, it's so I always wonder, you know, when people say that, did it happen for a reason or do you make it, you know, do you, do you make it a reason? I don't know if I made it make sense with that. No. Like, okay, is it kind of, you know, karma or is it more of, okay, this happened, but because this happened, now I got that drive, that motivation, that energy. I'm gonna, you know what? And you, this might sound crazy, but then sometimes you can take that anger and, and, and channel into energy. Like, all right, you know what? You don't like me at this company. You, F you, you're gonna see what I'm gonna do. You know what I mean? And it, and it just lights a fire underneath you to make something happen. 
some people need that kick out, right? Hell like, yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. Sometimes you need that. You need that. Sometimes you need that push. You know that you need that cold shower. You need that wake up call to say, "Oh my God, what am I doing with my life?" And well, now you got to do it. Now you got to make something happen. In your case, you started a business, which is fantastic. Someone else may say, "All right, I'm going to go to another bank." You know, let's say you instead of going to business, I'll go to a fintech. I'll go to whatever. Um, but part of the do's and don'ts, what would you say? Like, would do's be sending out applications and resumes, or will do's be trying to find people at the company? What What do you recommend to people, like on on, on the to on the to do checklist? Do checklist. I mean, like, especially for this applies to everybody. Like, you know, anyone who's looking for a job market. Um, the first step is to identify what you want, and that's right. where a lot of people are challenged with it. And they, I still work with the clients who are not clear on their path itself. And I don't blame them because nobody, like university and everybody, like, you know, they don't teach you that, right? Like yeah, you're expected no. to go out there and then like search for the job. You don't even know what you want. You've done the business admin, you've done the MBA, but you don't know how to sell yourself in a resume, right? I deal with the people in marketing. They're good at like their A+, but they don't know how to market themselves on the paper, right? So then you got to go out there and see what you want first before you go out. Because if that is not clear, then the resume is not going to be clear. You're not going to be communicated well enough. And then it's not going to come out in an interview. Because when you're clear on what you want, when you're doing networking, what's going to be your elevator pitch? I was not clear on that. It was like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this, right? But like, you know what, when I had to refocus myself on what do I want to do, I became extremely clear and I had the script, I used it, it worked. So it, it applies to everything and uh, apply online. <laughs> That's a last resort, right? But I think everything, okay. I got, everything I got was based on my networking skills and I had to start from the scratch. I moved to the new city, right? And I think... Um, if you're an introvert, there is nothing wrong with it. There is a way to network as well, right? And a lot of people think that, okay, introverts um, are very bad at networking. To be honest, they're the amazing people to networking. You know why? Because they're very good at listening. And that's what the networking is all about. You like 80-20 rule. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a coaching rule as well from where I come from. 80-20 rule is the must because as an introvert, you're just talking 20% asking questions and 80% of the time you're letting other people talk. So when people walk out, it's like, wow, that guy was a great listener. They already like you, right? So, um, and networking is the key, honestly. And the referral is huge, huge in Canada. They got paid um, for referring the right people as well, right? Like, you know, get on it. And I don't want to talk about hidden market, hidden job market, and I know there's a compliance issue. I fully feel like, you know, there is a hidden job market, but not the way that it's been on a social media. People have to post for a job. Don't believe in that hype. Like, if you want to work for Fortune 500, listen, they, they have to follow the compliance. They have to post. There's no hidden job market out there. But you can put your name forward by building the relationship so you are a preferred candidate, right? So you got to be on their face. So, and when you say that, that means you want to find people who, let's say, you, you know, let's say you're going to stay in banking. You're going to like, okay, who's at RBC? Who's at CIBC bank who I know, or I know someone who knows who could get my resume in the right, you know, in front of the right person. So this way I'm not just another resume. I'm an actual person and I come highly recommended. 
Is that what you mean by? Absolutely. And for you, right? Like Jack, like you do the recruiting for, you know, the compliance and executive and everything, right? So like, you Mm -hmm. know, you don't work with everybody. So I always tell people like, okay, well, stop reaching out to everybody, every recruiter. You got to find out the niche market that works for you. Not everybody knows. You want to work with some people who knows what they're doing too, right? Just because you're a recruiter, that doesn't mean that you're very good at IT. You know the lingo, you know the jargon and industry word and everything, right? So people need to match that niche with their match as well. And that's where people go wrong. They just splash it. They just register everywhere. They're a recruiter, like Kelly Services and everybody, like, you know, in there, it's in US as well. You know, they have a special sections for a particular niche as well. So find out those niche and match yourself with them, right? So that's really great practical actionable advice. So so to go back to when you're saying about the elevator pitch, um, I can't agree with you more. There's so many people that I've spoken with who when I ask them, hey, you know, tell me about yourself. They can't really give like a 30 second, 40 second, here's what I do. You know, hey, I'm an executive recruiter. I place compliance, legal risk people on Wall Street. And, you know, you know, just have it right out there where they'll start going back to kindergarten or they'll go back to her. Uh, you know, well, I started working with a paper route, you know, in 1973, and you're like, oh my God, this person's going to go on now for an hour. And you're but, talking about these experienced people, right? And I work with a lot of newcomers, and poor them, right? They talk about their family, I live right there, I can drive, like, you know, the personal information get in there, it's like, well, stop, 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 right? Right, it's, it's, it's like, so I'm glad that you brought it up, because I think a lot of people don't understand when they say, hey, tell me about yourself, you, you know, what do you do? You really just want to go into, they don't care, like, you know, what your dopey hobbies are. They don't care what, you know, that what, what TV shows you watch on Netflix, they care. Okay, Jack, do you have the skills that we're looking to hire for? And tell me those skills, tell me those attributes, those abilities, so then we know, hey, you're a fit or not. That's really what they want, right? And that's, so, so many people don't kind of get that, weirdly enough, right? And we don't, you know what, nobody teaches them, right? What's no. very like real, like in university, colleges, you know, I look at, I look at the way it's been taught. The textbooks aren't the same from years ago, right? Nobody teaches. This is how you talk to the employer. Yeah. Like, you know, tell me about yourself. When was the last time you actually went to college? And like, you know, uh, when you started to recruit, I have done the recruitment in colleges and universities as well. The way they come in, they know there's a career fair going on, right? Like, you know, it's, wow, you knew the employer is going to be here. You knew that I'm going to be talking to you. I'm a hiring manager, but you're not prepared. You know what? It's not you. Colleges are not telling you. The colleges like mal- know that I'm going to be coming here. You you hit a sore spot because it's like malpractice on the part of the universities. You you know every summer I would have paid interns come in. I figured pay it back, give people a chance to to learn stuff. I've got to tell you, it's shocking. You know these people come from really good institutions, good you know top colleges and universities. They can't make and this is pre-COVID. So you know you come in. It sounds crazy. You actually come in and people face to face in real life. So they wouldn't know how to like look you in the eyes. They wouldn't be able to shake your hand. If you say, like, you could ask them just, what are you looking to do with your career? Uh, uh, and, and I'm like, why? You're paying, no exaggeration. I don't know how much it is in Canada, but the tuition here in the US is ridiculous. It can be 20, 30, 40, $60,000 a year. And, and they can't even teach them, okay, here's how you go in, you shake someone's hand, you look them in the eyes, you know, you hand the resume over, you tell them what you want to do. It's so, I would say out of every 10 people over the years, nine of them have no clue. 
You're so right. And I think, uh, you know, I had a course in college, there was a job readiness. And, you know, um, my teacher said, listen, if you go out, there's a job fair going on. And listen, if you go out there and get me two cards, and if you know, you get this much scoring, and then if you get interview, you get this much scoring, right? And I was doing that all for get, get that to get that score. Yeah. I think I was already working part-time in Best Buy selling camera <laughs> on a full commission. Yeah. So I had no, like, you know, I was an extrovert anyway. I had no, like, I had no intention of going and getting the other job because I was making money commission-wise. I was loving it. And I was paying my tuition fee as well. But teacher said that. Teacher didn't say how to talk. Right. Um, and then I just went in there because I did the volunteering before at IBM, right, at entry level. They look at it and they said, OK, you know what? Can you come in for interview? That was CIBC. And there was like an ING direct at that time as well. They called me for two interviews and then I got multiple offers from both. And then I chose one. Right. But like nobody trained me in school. How did you how do you go about like you know, doing the interview? Luckily, yeah. I got it. I had to literally go down. And then just think about it. What would I say? But like, I don't know. I still think like, was I even doing the right, doing the right way? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, or were they desperate to hire me? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so wild how this, well, because you know what too, I think, and I'm curious if you're, I find out if people are excited and passionate, but real, genuine, not that phony kind of stuff, but like they're passionate, genuine, that goes a long way. That goes so far when you interview. You can have, like, I think if you have two candidates and one has all the ingredients, but they're like, Hi, how are you? Here's what I do. I'm really excited about the job. And the other one is like, oh, Sweta, I love this job. Your company is great. But then they tell you why the company is great. Oh, because I noticed you just had this new product that came out and it's really fast tracking. And I saw your new commercial and it's fabulous. And you just, I saw you hired this executive. Then you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this person is motivated and they're really giving tangible reasons why they want to work here. They're not just saying it. There's a lot of people say it. Oh, I want to work at Google. Why? Well, because it's Google. But what do you know about it? Like, what? Give us something. So, like, if you could really show that enthusiasm plus that you know the company, why you want to work there, what the company's doing, how you can help, you're going to stand out. I imagine that'd be right. It's a ener that energy that yeah. imagine right now. It's like you're asking me a question. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just like I don't want her. Like, seriously, you know. So. It's as a hiring manager, I always looked at like, you know, am I able to work with this person? Does that person- Because right, then your vision, this is what it's going to be like every day. Oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I I can. To be honest, I choose, I, I'm very lucky that I can pick and choose who yeah. I work with as a client as well. And I've said no to the client. I feel like we're not the right fit. <laughs> you see that? Like Do you find this too? I find this. So we were talking about, okay, so you have the younger people on this side of the spectrum. I find what happens Again, let's talk pre-COVID because with COVID, it's like everything is all out of whack, you know, for the most part. But pre-COVID, you'd have these people who've been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years. And then like I so interview in my office and like, okay, hey Sweater, what do you do? And like, it's on my resume. And I'm like, dude, really? It's on the is that what you're gonna do in an interview? And and they're not doing it to be ironic or anything. They're really, they're really coming across like. How dare you ask me this? Look, you don't you know who I am? I'm so great. And it's the opposite. Like, well, that is the biggest turnoff. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would anyone hire you with that attitude? Thank you. Thank right? you. I get that quote that those oh my God. clients sometimes. Like some clients executive or like senior leadership, or like you kind of get that vibe is like, you know what? I sent you the resume, you did not look at it. And I'm like, oh, right, right. That's a sign right away. That's a and sign. Like, like, oh no, hi, this is gonna be difficult. 
Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? And I literally told them, I said, like, you know what? I did, but I'd like to hear from you. Tell me about yourself because that's going to be an interview question. Let me actually see. This is the mock interview session of 15 15 minutes discovery call. I literally like half shut them down. I said, like, okay, well, I looked at it, but this is what you're going to tell when the recruiter is going to call in. So let me coach you right now and see if there's anything that we can work together. 15 minutes discovery call. Tell me about yourself. Your time starts now. I'll give you two minutes. And they were like, all I'm like, all right, there's something wrong with it. I can help you with the interview coaching. Do you want to sign up? Let's go and sign up. Done. I mean, like, I'm not like, you know what? I'm not bothered by the attitude. If anything, you're not going to get the job with that attitude. Yeah. My my job as a coach is to actually, you know what, motivate you. But if you come across like that, and by the time, to be honest, when they're done with me, they're very humble. Like sometimes first impression doesn't matter. Well, you know what I think it is too? I think, and I, I, this could be politically incorrect, but I think more guys do this kind of stuff. It's it's this like ego thing, you know. <laughs> it, it's almost like, don't you know who I am? Don't you? How come you don't know how important I am? I don't have, you know. You should know this. And it's like, really? Come on. Well, in banking world, I can see you're working with the people in banking world compliance. You know how the investment, like you know, those people are. I've worked with all those men out there. Sorry, anyone's watching. <laughs> I know what it's like on a board meeting. How do you act up and everything? Oh my God. Yeah, it, it's hard. I think luckily, I'm glad that I survived that. And I, like, you know, I overcame everything. So you got to be on that too, to actually work with the people, how to deal with the conflict, right? You cannot expect everything as like, oh, this is lovely. You're going to have a people that you're going to have a hard time dealing with it. How do you deal with it matters, right? So it shows you. There's yeah. always a learning lesson from like meeting people like that. Yeah. What are some other don'ts that you would say? Like some don'ts that you shouldn't do. That's like a, that they may not even realize they're making this big mistake, but they do. For job seekers, I yeah. think... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, being entitled, uh, like, you know what, I have 10 years of experience and I deserve this job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, That's a big you know, one. And right? I think it's not only, it, it applied to me as well, right? Like you come with the hat on, like, you know what, I have 10 years of experience in this industry. I think they need me. Um, and that almost feels like, um, you know what, you're entitled. Like, you know what, employers hire whoever they want to hire. Just because you have 10 years of experience, that does not, mean, does not mean that you deserve the job. It's the attitude. That's what it matters, um, I think. So tame it down a bit. Tame it down a bit. I have certifications, PMP. I have like A+. Plus. I, I graduated with the honors. You know what, that doesn't mean a shit. I'm sorry. That doesn't mean a shit. <laughs> Yeah. What matters is like, how humble are you? Are you able to go back to the workforce and deliver, right? You can put that degree and honors course and certificates on the wall. And let's focus on, are you able to do the job? Yeah. So it's also probably a little bit of a combination where you want to be able to express yourself, what you do, what you've done, how you contribute, how you can make an impact, but at the same time, not really be arrogant about it and not being pushy about it and not just Coming across as like, I deserve this, you know, because I'm here, you should give me the job, which turns people off, right? Exactly. What do you think, Jack? I have a question for you. I'll put you on the spot. What do you think about um, what do you think about people actually doing, you know, presenting the deck or something, solving the pain before they even go like to build a networking, right? What do you think about that? I know some few folks like, why should I do it? They need to pay. Some folks like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes because I want to land the job. What are your take on it? As a Wait, I'm sorry, they pay for what? For 
So sure. let's say you want to put the deck together and say, you know, in banking industry, AML, they want to go in there, a particular uh, bank, they wanted to go in there. And then they're like, you know what, there's something wrong with the process. I've gone through it. I hear, I've done the survey and everything. You know what, this is, this is what it is, the feedback. And like, you know what, I'm willing to go and, you know, um, provide you the solutions, right? Kind of like deck. I teach my client, right? right. Um, some people, some clients are very like, I'm not going to do this. They need to pay me for it. And some clients are like, oh my God, I'll do this. Whatever you Oh, you mean like, I'm sorry. So like, you mean where they're actually like, ask you to do things before you come, you know, proud of the interview process, whatever. Yeah, it like, you know, there's a difference. There's a side that, you know, some employers, um, they want you to, we, they yeah. want you to like, you know, go through that process as part of the interview process, presentations, like how do you, on B2B, that happens a lot in B2B. How would you approach the another one, right? How do you get the business? That happens a lot. But like, you know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about as a job seeker, you want to get into that, you know, um, the field or market and you feel like, you know what, I'm going to go and make a project, mini project out of it. And I'm going to survey and like research and everything. I'm going to take the pain out and I'm going to provide them a solution as well, right? Like, you know, some people feel like, I don't think you should do that. They should pay you for it. Some people are like, I'll do it. So what, are, what is your take on that? Say this. It's, uh, a lot of it is, is you got to play the game, in my opinion. A lot of this is a game. And are you going to have some companies that are jerks and make you jump through all these hoops? Yeah. And you got to make it a, like a decision. So let's say I'm, I'm going to work for you and you're telling me this. I'm going to have to make a snap judgment. Do I trust what I that if I put in this time and effort and energy, at least I have a chance? I can't expect her to guarantee me to give me a job if I do all this extra work, but do I at least feel I have a fighting chance to get that job if I do this PowerPoint presentation and I do what happens? And if I want the job enough and I like the company opportunity, yeah, I'd suck it up and do what I have to do because I think that's what you need to do. Because if you don't, you're not going to get the job. So you might as well try, and this goes back to what you said earlier, Sweaty, is to put aside your ego because that's an ego thing too. You're like, what? You're not going to pay me. How dare you ask me to do that? Put aside your ego. Don't get mad. Okay. This is how they're doing. It's just the same thing with like these psychometric tests and these other kind of obstacles. It's annoying as hell. It could drive you crazy. You want to strangle the people, but I say, nope, I can't strangle the interviewer. That's not good. They're not going to hire me. I got to relax. And then, yeah. And then you just do what you got to do because here's the way I look at it is this way too. Curious what you think. You know, this is such a small time element so let's say you do that project and it takes let's say it takes four hours four hours of a career that's going to last 40 years for you know what I mean? so you might as well invest a little bit of time and if it works you're a winner if it didn't work okay you tried so that yeah, so i would definitely i would say you know what when you go to interviews there's going to be rudeness you get ghosted there's no feedback you get treated like dirt sometimes it's infuriating but you have no you got to do it you know what I mean? You have no choice. You got to play the game. You got to do it. You got to suck it up. You got to be strong. You have to have thick skin and you can't give up and you got to keep moving forward no matter what. So if it's, if it's jumping through this hoop, yes, ma'am, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I'm going to do it because the goal is you want to get that job. And then once you get the job, you know what, then you could be in a certain spot as an executive and you could say, Hey, everybody beneath me who are doing this, don't do this anymore. It's rude to people. Stop it. And then you get a position to change it. So that, that would be how I would look at it, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. It's go with the gut feeling and you know what? Do whatever it takes if you really want that job, right? If you put, if you put that ego beside, like it's going to take yeah. me four hours, I'm not going to do it. Um, then 
then don't do it, but then be ready and willing to wait forever and ever, right? Because you gotta, how are you gonna stand out in the market? If you're gonna, everyone asks for information you need to be a coffee chat. How, why are you different, right? You gotta do something out of like, you know, ordinary for, for it to be like working, right? Why am I gonna give you the information interview when I don't know what you can do for me, right? So um, yeah, I, I preach that as well, like. Yeah. So I think a lot of it, I think to be honest, as a job seeker, I became more humble. How about that? Being on the corporate world and going and rocking and being a top leader, like, you know, and stuff like that, it gets to you. It gets to you. You're going partying and you're just, you know, traveling and you're like, you know, hanging out with the cool people. All of a sudden you don't have a title. You're like, man, I'm nobody. I can't yeah. even do the cashier job now. <laughs> what do you mean by that? It's rough. Somebody give me a cashier job now because I know I'm good at it. Although I've never done it, you have that. It's like, I don't have a title now. Who am I? It makes you think twice. It's like, you know what? Good. Because you had ego. I had ego. I was toned down. I was like, man, this is this is me now. Like, you know, so it makes you humble. And I, I, I don't wish this to everybody, but for those people out there, if you're right there on top, someday you're gonna come down. So be humble. You never know who you'd be working with. It's so true. You know, it's sometimes, I gotta say, we, as a recruiter, I fail way more than I succeed. We're not even close. In terms of maybe getting a job order from a company that I want, finding a candidate, fail all the time. And that kind of keeps you grounded, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you could have like a great day, everything goes great and, and you can have a swelled head, but then you get the candidate saying, sorry, I got a count offer, I'm not going. So it keeps you grounded. So there's something about just kind of keeping that, you know, you can be, you know, you can move forward and, and be confident, but at the same time, it's like, you got to keep your head on straight. You got to, you know, make sure you don't get too cocky, too full of yourself when you interview. See, here's, I'll be curious about this too. What I find, this would be a, 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 a to don't kind of thing on the checklist. I find that people who have a, a, certain, a lot of experience automatically feel it could translate into something else. But in my experience, and to be fair, it could be because I'm a recruiter when they come to me, they're paying a fee, so they want this perfect fit. A lot of times they just want very specific skills and it leads to just like, like butting heads. Does, does that does that make sense? So, so like the job seeker gets really frustrated, like why aren't they picking me? And the company is a little frustrated because like, well, you don't have the right background, and it's it's just you, you're not approaching your search the right way. You're just going down the wrong alleys. Did you see this with the people you deal with? Where yes, yeah. Yes, um, it's, it happens a lot, like, you know, when I'm working with the newcomers, uh, internationally trained professionals, like, you know, risk is risk, whether you work there or here, right? International is universal, right? So let's say, or IT is IT, right? Like, you know, it's, it's what are you going to do? Maybe the softwares are different, the way that it's done is different in the US and Canada, but like, you know, the guy went through the IT uh, school, top school, but then like, you know what, in IT, it's so macro. And I think not like, you know, it's a niche. Let's say if you want to go like, you know, an AIX admin in IT, which is like, you know, building with the server, Unix is particular platform, right? Mm -hmm. Now I've seen that, you know what, when someone wants to get into that Unix, right? Like, you know, people are thinking not Unix, they're thinking, oh, but I have SQL, I have this, 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 but they're missing the particular niche market, which yeah. is Unix, right? And it's so hard and people are not going to pick you because you don't have that experience of Unix and AIX admin on particular like, you know, area. So that's why you're not going to be picked. Either you go and upgrade yourself 
And like, you know, a lot of bank actually use the Unix platform and AIX platform. But then again, you know what, industry matters as well, right? Like, and if you're not from that industry, banking world, you want to go to the banking world, right? There's a clash. That's why you got to speak the same language. Industry, industry, IT, IT, right? There are two different things and people don't realize. I came from the banking world, like, you know what, imagine I'm going to go to the retail store, right? People are not going to choose me. I came from the contract world. I'm so glad you said that because I think that what happens, and I don't, I don't want to point to any figures disparaging, the media in particular, like ever, ever see these articles out there and you just roll your eyes? It makes it seem like, okay, Sweaty, you want to be a C CEO of this company. You, you got it. You could do it. You're going to get it. And I think it misleads people. So they feel, oh, yeah, as long as I want to do it, I could happen. But like you said, if you have certain, let's say you're you know, a technology person, you could be really brilliant. But if you don't have the certain technology skills and software skills and software engineer skills that this type of company wants, they're going to be like, no, thank you. I'm going to find some, we're going to find someone who has it. And then it leads to a lot of disappointment for the job seeker because they're kind of told, you know, you go, you go, girl, you go, guy, you could do it. And it's giving kind of bad advice, I think. Could you transfer over at times? Sure, absolutely. But it's not so easy. And you're right. And I like, you know, I see these high tech people, um, like, you know, where there's like, you know, the techie people. They have these skills and they're like, you know what, I don't have that skill. I'm going to go get the certifications and like, why am I not getting a job? And I'm like, wait, 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 like, you know what, why would an employer hire you based on you just got the certifications? You've never worked in that. Yeah. What have you done? So you're expecting the employer to actually give you like the their live website just because you got the certifications. Hello, would you do that? See, and that's what I'm talking about. And, and I think because there's this narrative out there generally where you know, I think, you know, it's because I think people want to be nice and they think they're helping, but then they give this advice that just sucks. It's bad advice, you know? It's like they give that advice, oh, yeah, get that certificate and now you could become, you know, you know, a, you know you're going to be a top programmer at Google. No, you're not, not going to hire you with, you know, two minutes of experience and this like certificate in hand. I mean, maybe you can get a job, at the, you know, at the lower level, start out somewhere, maybe. Yes, you know, that's no. fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? A lot of people, they think that they right, right after graduation, right after certificate in tech field, they should be hired. And that's not how the tech industry yeah. You got to go. The first step is to go there and see if you can do the co-op or like, you know, even volunteering. Right? Listen, I worked at IBM entry level volunteering. That's how I started my journey in contact. Which is smart. Yeah, it's brilliant. IBM. IBM entry level. Like, you know what? They could have well enough paid me, yeah. fortune companies, but they didn't pay me. I did the apprentices. Like, you know, shit. Right, yeah. like you know what? That's how I, I put my ego beside. I could have said, "Well, screw that. I didn't can pay me. Why are they not paying me?" That time it was like fifteen dollars per hour or something. They were paying their full time people, and the minimum wage was like you know seven dollars per hour in Canada. And I was working for free, and I'm like, you know what? I got the award, uh, like quality awards. I got the top sales award. That's when I knew I was like, man, I need to be on sales. I knew this right, and I started doing it right. And right now. Some newcomers come to me and are like, I'm not going to do the volunteering. I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, then. You know what I mean? So if you, whether, what are you going to do? Do you want to go and volunteer like a couple of hours and get that on resume? Or you want to just sit home and just put the ego on it and say, I'm not going to. But then balls in your court. How far are you going to go? They're going to, employer is going to find the, you know, volunteer. You, you're, think, 
think about it as an exchange. You know what I mean? Like you know, you're getting experience too, right? I got a lot of experience. That's why I am now because of that. You know, they should have more of that because I think that's so important to have because you may have not known that you had an aptitude for sales and marketing if you didn't have that internship. And I think people would be better off at a young age if they were able to try all these different things because then they find out like, oh, I never knew I had this skill for whatever it might be. And, and then they can run with it. So yeah, it's, it, it's so helpful, especially and if you don't do it, like you're never gonna know. You know, if you're just staying home and not trying, you're not gonna do anything. Well, hey, let me ask you something because I can't believe time is flying by. I know another passion you have is really helping people who are coming to Canada to kind of get them set up. Can, can you talk a little bit? Because I'm a second generation American and I know how hard it is hearing stories from my grandparents, you know, to come, you know, to America and just, just get settled and figure out stuff. So what do you do? How do you like, what kind of work do you do? I mean, you know, so basically when they come in, when they get there, they should be legally entitled to work in Canada. So once they land in, a lot of people, they reach out to me before they land in. So they all know me pretty much from referral or like LinkedIn. So they come to me and then I, um, again, I pick and choose where I can help, right? I don't work with everybody. So, um, so I would pick and then I would say, okay, well, you're the right fit. Like, you know, and then I, I try to see how I can help them. Right. And then Honestly, the type of consultant I am, like, you know, I, I love to say that I am a consultant because there's a difference between consultant and coach. Coach is like self-discovery, right? Consultant is like, I'm going to fix your problem, right? So I, I put like two hats together. So uh, right off the bat, like, you know, when you're talking to somebody, when you're looking at the profile and everything, you know what's wrong with it, the way they talk, right? The newcomer's language versus people here, they're, the way they talk is different. Uh, the, the languages and jargon they use back home is completely different from like, you know, the job market here, right? So I work, I walk them through um, all of it. What is Canadian experience like? Because I've hired people like them, newcomers, right? What are the challenges I have to deal with it as, a, um, you know, from my direct reports as a newcomer, right? Because I've been coaching newcomers for years. So I pass all those knowledge and I think it's a, it's a culture. Uh, cultural shock and to be honest um, I don't blame them because I had no idea what uh, people do in Halloween for a couple of years <laughs> I was like left out at like in a corporate world like everyone's dressing up like we don't we never celebrated Halloween back in back in Nepal right that's where I'm mm -hmm. from so people are dressing up and I'm like, like what is this nuts yeah. like, all office is decorated and I'm like what the hell's going on right and then like you know when I'm walking down the street but back in time I was living in condominium right and then you don't actually literally get to see like you know the pumpkins and everything in condominium but like you kind of see the decorations right and I'm like what's going on what do they actually do and I could care less and I think we as a newcomer like you know what I think you kind of hang out with the same type of people and you tend to miss so much of Canadian culture or wherever you go. So I think that's when I started to like literally change the style. Like, you know, I'm not going to hang out with the people that I know from now on, I'm going to hang out with the people I don't know How about that. Right. So, and then I started learning. So I teach all of that in my classes. How do you go about adjusting to the new culture? And when I was in the US, when I was not working, um, I learned the lingo. I was 20 years old when I moved to US right after my marriage. And like all day, what do I do? Watch Seinfeld, Friends, like Jerry Springer, Maury shows and everything. That's how I learn the lingo. That's, wild. That's so wild. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to think when you tell that story, I can't imagine, let's say you come to this country and you're, you're walking down the street and you see skeletons and you see ghosts and you're like, 
what is going on here? You must be like, what did I get myself into? This, this is crazy. <laughs> I feel like every time when clients are closed, when, when I'm dealing with the clients, when they're landing around like September or something, when I'm working with, hey, do you know what Halloween is? I want you to go and do the research. Do you know what's a Thanksgiving? What do you do? Like, you know what? That's a part of culture because in corporate culture, everyone talks about, hey, what about turkey? Like, you know, cranberry is in like, you know, it's like you don't know anything about that culture, but listen, you're a new country. Yes, you can keep on continuing with the culture you have. We're not telling you to leave that. Celebrate that. Canada is very diverse, but how about we get to know people, right? Like the culture too. And I think you can enter more behind. Now, if you're right, so where are they come from? All over the all over the world or they come from certain places? Everywhere. Yeah, I have a lot of clients from like, you know, India, Pakistan, <coughs> Uh, you know, from community as well, from Nepal as well. I've started getting from community. Um, so yeah, a lot of clients I work with um, are from Dubai, apparently, I don't know. <laughs> so I get a lot of people from Dubai, India, and Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, South Asian country. Yeah. That must be fun, right? You get all these different types of people from all these different cultures. And oh my God, yes, it is so much fun to work with them. Like you get to mold them and like, you know what, they're so humble. Like when they get the offer later on, it's like, you know what, when they have a self-doubt, when somebody tells them like, listen, you have to work in the factory. And then when they get the job of like, you know, what they were working before and when they get it, they could, they can't believe themselves. They're like, I cannot believe it. I got this job. You know, I didn't do anything. I just coached them, provided them directions. But at the end of the day, they were the one they went out and did it for themselves. Right. Does that happen a lot where they come, let's say, you know, they're, I, I'll make this up, like a brilliant scientist, but for whatever reason, they don't have the right uh, degrees here, that, you know, in Canada, and then they have to start at the bottom and just kind of work their way up, or, 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 or did someone could come right in and pick up where they left off? Or it's a little bit yeah, better. like you know, and I think U.S. and Canada is the same when it comes yeah. to regulated industry. Like you know, there's no way, like you know, what if people are gonna hire you if you don't have that, like in a particular regulated, like you know, um, the certifications or like you know, license or something. It's the same way. Um, but people at the executive level is something that they're having tough time because they're working as an executive senior manager or something like that back home. And um, I've seen them working in like, you know, the entry level here and they don't mind doing it. But like, the, you know, the self-doubt kicks in. It's like you work so hard. And I think and I bring it up. I'm very passionate about it. Like, you know what? I bring it up. The immigration is really good in Canada. People are immigrating. Like, you know, there are a lot of pilots going on. Like the same kind of score gets you the PR in Canada. But like, you know what? There's a gap between employers and the like, you know, immigration. Because if the score gets you based on you actually, you know, having that experience for so many years, actually because of that, you're in Canada, you're selected. There's no reason for you to not get hired by employer. The right hand is not talking to the left hand, and that's a problem. And you're still asking for Canadian experience. And that happened to my hubby. He worked like he's an IT field in the US. He went to school there. Here we are thinking, oh, we're gonna find the job right away. But he had a problem. And me and him, we work in the same factory together. Can you believe that at night? Factory. And there are a lot of people, engineer and everybody from China, India, and Pakistan working together. It's like, hey, engineers. Right, like they're working in the factory. We we we've done that all, right? And you know we've done the survival work. And then luckily he got the job later on at IBM, and then that was a start with it, right? So not everyone's gonna get that, right? So like you know, people are still struggling, and I think there's a problem that we this is the problem that it's ongoing problem. We got to be better at it. I don't know how is it in the US. It is. I remember as a kid, 
where I grew up in Brooklyn, but before Brooklyn became hipster, it was like, it wasn't, you know, it was a really great neighborhood. And there's a lot of Russian emigres, immigrants who came there. And if you talk to a lot of them were really angry because there would be, and I'm, I'm saying this, and I, I'm not saying this to make fun or, or tease or anything, that you would, I would hear this kind of story, back in my country, I was doing this, and now I'm here in America and I do this. And, they were so, you could tell, they were so hurt and angry that they were very, so accomplished. But then when they came here, they were just overlooked. And yeah, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking because you know they weren't just saying that, that they had these you know, great degrees and background experience, but just, you know, just, just couldn't find a way to make it work. And now that was a long time ago. So things have changed a lot, but but here's another thing too, Sweater. I wonder what you think about this too. I think it's important, like I'll talk to my kids about this because they're in college and you need the same way you say when people come from another country, they have to kind of understand the culture. I think it's also important for, for people who are looking for a job, advancing the career, to have like a certain baseline that you could have conversations across the board. So I like what you said before, like you kind of try to deal with people at all different levels, all different walks of life. I do the same thing. Like I'll talk to a CEO the same way I'll talk to the janitor and not because I'm a nice guy, but I'm generally curious about what they do. And, and I like meeting people and hearing their stories. And, but it helps you kind of understand what's happening. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of watching golf, but I'll kind of know what goes on in golf. I'll try to know what's going on in basketball, what's on football. I don't really care that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are divorcing, but I think I should know that because when you, in the business world, when you have these conversations, you want to kind of come across like, all right, you know what's going on. You are so right. And that's exactly what I did. And such a great point. And I tell my clients too. So um, every time, like I was not a fan of NBA, Vikings, like, you know, football, right? And, yeah. and then people are like talking about, hey, do you watch this? Like, you know, um, these people are playing and like Vikings and everything. And then I'm like, okay, well, NBA is coming up, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, I didn't even know. And then I started like, you know, watching the highlights. <laughs> so you know what? I was going to say that. That's the trick. That's the trick. That's what I would do. Because when I was younger, I would love, you know, playing sports, watching sports. As I get older, I was like, wait a minute, I'm rooting for like one guy who's making a hundred million dollars versus another guy who's making five hundred million dollars what am i an idiot i'm root I, I don't care <laughs> they're not rooting for me they're not rooting for me i'm not rooting for them but anyway but i know it's important when you have these conversations and meetings and they do what you want to know so espn highlights i watch the highlights you know even even i'm so sick of politics but still i'll tune in just to know all right what's happening so if it comes up i don't seem like an idiot that i don't know what's going on you so, gotta do it. That's how people talk in the corporate world. That's a culture. You yeah. sit down in the meeting. The meeting starts like you know. It doesn't start right away. Two minutes ago, like, hey, last night, do you watch the hockey game? Like in Canada, hockey yeah. Oh man, like you know, man, like you know, NBA at that time, like Kobe, man. Like I was like, oh my god, I gotta get on this. Like you know, I would like I would tape it back then. I would tape it and like and I would come home and watch it. So I'm prepared for tomorrow, right? I'm like, oh, you're a girl. You like a whole person. <laughs> Like men, they kind of like feel like, oh, you're watching, you watch basketball, like, and all of a sudden these men are talking to me. Now they're like, oh, now I can talk to you, right? So you got to do what you're gonna do. What are you gonna do? And this is this goes back to what we said earlier conversation. A lot of this is like a game. Like this is the game. Like you know what? If you're in a meeting and they're all talking about, you know, you know, you know, whether you know hockey or basketball, whatever, 
you want to at least have enough that you could kind of contribute and like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, now you're in the club. You know what I mean? Now you're part of it. And then, and then people like, then they'll see you in the hallway. Hey, did you watch that game last night? And you're like, yeah, even though you did. So funny. <laughs> oh Absolutely. And you know what? It's not, you're not being fake. I just wanted to like, you know, people, like, I just want people, you genuinely want to know, right? You're not being fake, but yeah. you're part of that conversation, right? And I think the minute I started changing my strategy, I got like, you know, really like, you know, I got really good relationship. I started having good relationship in the corporate world. And I think that's how I got like, you know, um, like, you know, got connected with so many people that I would have never gotten. So I kind of, anyone watching us right now in the clubhouse, I kind of miss not being a part of clubhouse, man. I feel like I'm left out. Like, I don't know. Oh, oh, so how come you didn't join? Android. Oh, I'm not an iPhone lady. So that's why. Yeah, I can't. You can get like, I guess, an i like a iPad or something. Just, I, you know, I, I, I'm on there, but I haven't really found a group that makes sense for me. So I don't know. Look, my mic was all the way over there, so I don't even know. Are people watching us? <laughs> so I don't know. Is there even any question? We're almost yeah. done, Jack. Oh no, you know what? We, I, I should have said, like, when I try to do something different, I know a lot of other people like yourself. You, you, you have the questions with the audience. I get too distracted. So I, what we do is I, I focus on the guests. I focus on the guests. And then when we edit it, clean it up, we repost it on social media, then like, you know, we, we can kind of come back for questions because otherwise it's to me, I lose, like, like, I think we had a really good back and forth and we got a lot, you know, got it. You gave a lot of great advice. Okay, I'm seeing we're at least, listen, we're at least live. That's what it matters. <laughs> Imagine we're just talking to ourselves. I'm just looking no, no. at it right now. No, see, I, I like to do it different because I respect the fact people who really, you know, feed off of, you know, you know, the audience, and that's fine. But everyone's different. For me, I, 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 for me, it's easier to be a host when I'm just talking to one person and letting her give it, you know, all the information than get distracted. That, yeah. No, it works both ways. So this is good. Like, you know, I like it so we can focus on that too. Not exactly. much comments here probably. Yeah, because then also sometimes you get comments like you don't really want to talk about because it's not adding to the story. It gets you off, you know, it gets, it gets, you take like a, it gets, <laughs> it gets the direction like, wait, no, that's not what we're doing. So yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, I'm, I'm honored that, you know, you're fully focusing on me, like my, you know, as a guest, I'm honored. Yeah. My, my play, because I think that's important. You know what I mean? Like, because the reason I feel like someone like yourself, you have a lot of value to offer. You know, you have a unique perspective on things. We all have our own specific, way, you know, way we view the world and, and how, you know, our jobs. So this way you can really let it shine without interruption and just let it flow because, as you know, so often, like you have conversations, you got to squeeze it really quickly, what you want to say, and it's hard to get your point across. So this way, I figured the way I'm trying to do this, and I'm, I haven't been doing it as long as you, so I'm kind of learning as I'm going, but I find it for me personally, selfishly, it's easier to speak with someone like yourself and just let you go and, and elaborate on your point and talk about it and share. And then, because even though you're coming from a, you know, not a career coach, but like a consultant kind of way, and my background in recruiting, I kind of understand, you know, it crosses over. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, carryover in terms of what you do, what we do, and how, how you can help people. So let me ask you this. It's been over an hour. So that went quick. Yes. That's crazy. Any last, any things I didn't ask you or anything you'd like to add and tell people? Um, um, 
no, I think we pretty much covered everything. Ta like you just, you literally drop a Russian accent there. So I don't know. <laughs> so, Not too bad, right? Yeah. Not too bad. I, don't, I don't want to even do worse because I don't want to think people are making fun of them. But it was just, yeah, it was just so common. It was so common when I was a kid. Yeah. We've done it all. I think we talked about Halloween. We talked about culture shock for newcomers. Yeah. We talked about the ego for a laid off worker. That's a big one. Not having marketing plan. Are you coachable? I think we've, we've covered like so a lot, much. right? A lot of ground. And see, the beauty is what I view the ones, but the way I do it is that then we'll post it again, social media. So then people can watch it at their leisure. They could scroll through it. The points that they, you know, like there's always that point where they're like, oh my God, that's what I do. You know what I mean? Where they have that moment of, Holy, holy. <laughs> and then and then like you realize either a they'll get mad at us for kind of pointing it out or b they're like oh i do that's how i come across i'm not supposed to and you know what I mean? and that's where i think really we help people because you know we're not we're saying it to be helpful not to be a jerk so so yeah. when they watch it and listen to it again and like all right i get it i get it this is what i have to do i have to really get my elevator pitch you know i can't just send applications i have to find a way to network myself you know, I can't come across as a jerk. I can't come across like I deserve it. You know, all this kind of stuff that you share, which I think is so. See, what I like are really what you're saying uh, is that it's very actionable stuff you're giving. It's not like you're giving theory. It's not like you're giving concept. What you're offering is something somebody could listen to it today and say, okay, I could do it. I could start working on it right away. You know what I, I mean? honestly hope so because yeah. like you know I, it helps me a lot because coming yeah. as a newcomer in Canada like you know learning English <laughs> English is a second language you had to learn it at 20 you had to learn English no I mean like I went to the English medium school but like you know come on Jack like you know it's so hard to understand the accent <laughs> it's American accent and Canadian accents are same kind of like that yeah. Similar, but like it was like you know when you're when you you know how to talk in English like but then the accent gets to you and then like you know they're always when they're making joke about certain things cultural joke it's going to be so hard to understand <laughs> yeah look it up well yeah. I don't understand and when you watch like you know things like you know what is Hanukkah and you learn <laughs> from friends it's like oh that's what they're talking about but when someone talks about it you have no clue as an immigrant right so and, and that those are the thing um I think um, it, it's a lot. I teach all of that in my program because I've been there as a newcomer, plus the laid up worker. I've seen the both side. I've been a job seeker. I bounce back. I quit. Like, you know what? And I, that's, a, that's a good part about uh, living through that life and now teaching what are do's and what are don'ts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why my tagline is, I teach do's and don'ts to job seekers because I have walked a mile in their yeah. shoes. That's great. And I really like what you do with people coming in because, you know, I guess on one level you kind of recognize it, but you don't really think about it until you bring it up. Yes. And that's so hard to integrate. And then I think it's probably too easy. Let's look at whatever group you can point to. There's a lot of people who don't integrate and they have a hard time getting a job. And so I think you're, you're smart and great and, and helping people to integrate so they can get, because again, where I grew up, you would have a lot of different cultures that would just stay within their group. And that's it. A lot of them won't even learn English. And it's like, how, like, how are you going to get a job? How are you going to advance? How are you going to move forward? You just get stuck in place. That's and what they, they do. To, like immigrant yeah. people, like, you know, I hate to say it in my community as well, international student, they sit in one apartment, six, seven people like that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. There's a money problem, whatever it is. That's okay. 
but you don't have to go and hang out on weekend with the same people. How about yeah. you go connect with the people outside of culture? And that's the stigma that they have to break it. Yes, yeah. you need to like you know, mingle with the people. Diversity matters, inclusion matters as well. But how about you break it? Because you're never going to know other people's yeah. culture if you don't go out there and make an attempt. Don't wait for other people to come to you. How about you go out there, right? Yeah. Well, that's great advice. Well, you gave, you gave a lot. You got a lot. This is amazing. You gave such awesome advice and guidance and suggestions. So I'm so glad, Sweater, you, you're, you're coming here on, on our show. And uh, for everybody who's watching now and who will watch it again, I think there's so much to learn. And I really, seriously, I really think in particular, helping people come here, that's such a smart thing. And it's shocking that you don't hear more of that. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm really glad you do that. I think it's so helpful. I think the people who you, you're really making a big difference in their lives. I think you're changing their lives for the better that you know, if they didn't meet you, they'd probably be nowhere near where they are now because it's so hard it's so hard to come to a new place and then learn the language, the culture, and get integrated. So that's, that's, that's brilliant. So good for you. Thank you. And that's what we do as a coaching consultant. And I'm pretty sure you've helped thousands of people as well, right? So I think that's where we draw the line of it. Like, you know, they all know, but they don't know how to do it. And that's where we come in and help them out. But thank you so much for inviting me back today. Oh, it's and it's a pleasure, pleasure. meeting you. Excellent. Well, thanks. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.